welcome to episode 29 of the Salopcast for this season with myself, Glenn Price, and only joined this week by Ollie Warner. How are you, my friend? Only me, yep, Glenn, only me. Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's another two-game pod, which feels like we've, you know, the prep for the pod and doing all the pods seem to be double weeks every single week. I'm yeah, we should be getting twice the wages for this, Ollie, really. <laughs> <laughs> so next week is obviously just a one-week pod, so maybe have a guest again. But yeah, we, we have guests, we try to limit guests when we have two-game weeks, and unfortunately we've had so many two-game weeks with the FA Cup run, which is sadly yeah. came to an end this week. Um, yeah, we're here now, but yeah, lots to discuss, um, some some positives, some negatives, I'd say. Um, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, interesting week. To talk about Interesting week, Ollie. I think you're right there. It's um, obviously the cup game and, and the highs and lows of that obviously could be discussed at length. And obviously Bristol Rovers being a bit of a, a hard one to judge, really. I suppose it's a, obviously getting a point in that. It's, it's best judged at the end of the season, really. But um, we've certainly got lots of things that came up in all those games, really, that uh, are sort of trigger moments or moments that make you think about things that could happen going forward. So, yeah, it's um, it's it's been an interesting week. And I suppose, you know, after having talked about the FA Cup run like you just did then, you know, we are out of it now. And, you know, the, 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 the one message everybody's got now at this point in time is it's time to focus on this relegation battle yeah definitely definitely and um yeah i think it's gonna be an interesting one um we'll we'll talk probably a bit more about it when we get into the rovers game but yeah i think this team i think we've got we're well equipped now i think um Mm, that mm. was kind of shown when we had all the changes for 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 rovers um but yeah let's start with the the fa cup and the trip to the molyneux robinson scored nine for shrewsbury before moving to the south coast in january he says he still sees his future at the shropshire club well you wouldn't have thought so by the way he nailed the third to seal the game cool so unfortunately shrewsbury lost 3-2 um away at wolverhampton wanderers um and it meant it was 5-4 over the two games um Shrewsbury lined up in a in a three four three I'll call it Chelsea style uh, um, formation with um, Vince a lot waterfall and Beckles so Vince lot came and slotted at the right um, central defence and um, Bolton and Haynes as wing backs with Laurent and um, Norburn having to play in central midfield um, with Doherty and um, Gilead dovetailing off um, Ockenberry up front um, so obviously we had quite a few suspensions. Um, injuries. For this game, yeah. So Grant couldn't play, Sadler couldn't play. So that gave, that forced um, Ricketts' hand really in terms of the players that he could play. And obviously, I guess the the surprise really was I guess Vince Lott playing in the back three. Yeah, pretty surprising, really. But then you know he has been playing at the back, hasn't he, for Crawley this season? So he, I think he played more times at the back for Crawley um, than he did in central midfield or, or any kind of midfield position. And um, you know it looked an odd decision. He's not very tall, is he? To be honest with you, so you did you did worry about the, the sort of physicality and the the ability to head the ball away if it was going to be direct. But I suppose playing Wolves, maybe that was less of a concern than it would have been against say yeah. Bristol Rovers, where you'd have been dealing with a lot more of that. So I think in in terms of the the initial idea of it, I, I could get behind that really. Um, We'll obviously come on to Vince Lott in his game because it didn't end too well for him. But I suppose, yeah, it was one of those teams that's almost like, you know, it kind of picked itself with all the injuries and suspensions and the fact that all the signings couldn't play because they weren't signed before the first leg. And, you know, it was good to see Ockenbeery back up front. Well, not back up front, but, you know, anytime he's playing up front, you, you feel like you've got a chance of getting some goals. So couldn't really argue with the team too much, Ollie. I didn't think really. No, no, not at all. So obviously, um, it being a, um, a local derby, um, mm. I, for me, it was, I had. I think it might be the first time that a, a girlfriend or a wife has dropped me off at the football. Um, so oh, they dropped me off and was quicker than getting <laughs> the train. So that was good. And I walked in with some Wolves fans, um, made my way around to the away end. And yeah, I, I, I thought I thought pre-game that we'd be able to kind of sit where we wanted, but you couldn't. And the little yeah. area I was in was quite small, actually. And they were checking everyone's tickets. And yeah, it didn't take me too long to the game to see where you were you were sitting. And for me, you were sitting in the area that kind of started a lot of the chance for the Shrewsbury Town fans at that end, because we were so spread out really long and thin, which is obviously Wolves' tactics to try and minimise, minimise the impact of the away support. Well, just talking about the support, taking 3,000 to the game was fantastic. I didn't think we'd get near that if I was honest with you and I thought um, town fans really were a credit across the whole game to be honest with you but yeah we we left getting our tickets till the day before the game Ollie because we were aware that you could get in the stand colours quadrant which is the bit we were in which I think is a better view you get a bit higher um, and you're not down along the side quite low I remember being in the, the terrace you were in for the league games the Steve Ball Terrace I just felt like it was too low I didn't quite like the view there so we waited to right in the last minute and we got as I say the stand colours quadrant a little bit higher really enjoyed where we were, where we were. but um, yeah it worked out quite well to be honest with you I went with a bunch of the lads that I normally go with and um, we left the Shrewsbury at 4.30 and um, went to a place called the Emerald Club which is like this Irish club that's about I don't know five six minute walk away from the stadium and my one of our 
our friends who sits by us in Block 17, his father-in-law runs this club, so he got us in there. But we rolled in there, Ollie, and it was like full of Wolves fans. It was completely full. It wasn't a town fan in sight because I don't think anyone was aware of it. So we were kind of in, in the nest of the enemy, really. But everyone was very friendly, and uh, drink was taken. It kind of, kind of, kind of got the atmosphere going. I think. I think there was a few people that had been at pubs and clubs beforehand. And, and you're right, going back to what you said at the start of this, which was town fans were rocking, and in our little block, it was a really good atmosphere. So, um, yeah, really, really proud of the fans. I was Ollie. I think you probably could say the same thing. Yeah, yeah, the fans were in good voice, and yeah, obviously we had some um, some moments to kind of get excited about, um, which yeah. was which was good, but. Yeah, unfortunately, the game didn't start that well for Shrewsbury Town. Like within like the first few seconds, um, I can remember Waterfall kind of falling over. Um, Haynes being pressed by Tiore again, who was who was playing I and mean, using his pace. Um, and yeah, it wasn't the best start to the game, was it? It wasn't. It wasn't good. Just just before we get into the details of the game, you told me a story yesterday at Bristol Rovers about how when your um, wife dropped her off at the game, she was basically saying to you, "You're going to Wolves. You know, you're going to get battered." She was basically saying you were going to get battered, and I thought I had visions of her listening to it on the ra- on the radio on the way back when we went one 0 down. Ollie was thinking, "Well, I did tell him." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was quite funny. So yeah, we were just kind of getting ready to leave, and my wife just said, "Yeah, you're mad. Absolutely mad." <laughs> um, oh, so she was almost right. She was but, almost yeah. right. Yeah. But the goal early doors disaster. Um, yeah, it was. It was quite poor. So a, a corner was recycled. Um, Waterfall's man kind of takes the ball down on the kind of goal side of Waterfall. Yeah. And it kind of slips underneath their legs. It was a bit weird. Um, mm. And then Doherty was there, um, who was gonna yeah was not gonna waste that chance, and it was fine to the back of the net. And that was two minutes into the game, and yeah, you you were thinking you know all these fans you know big. Big, you know, it was big away, away day for Shrewsbury Town fans. Yeah, go yeah. To, to go to the Molyneux, um, and yeah, it was pretty, pretty sickening um, just standing there um, with. I was on my own, I was with kind of like a random group of Shrewsbury fans, who were a nice bunch, um, but yeah, not the best start to the game. No, and I, I found some of Bolton's comments after the game interesting, where he was talking about it being feeling like a Champions League game to the players because of the pre-match light show, the build-up to the game, the fact it was a sellout of Molyneux, um, the fact the game was delayed 50 minutes, I think, because it was supposed to start at 7.45, but the players didn't come out till 8 because there was tons of Wolves fans trying to get in when we went in, sort of 15 minutes before kickoff. So I think maybe, I, I don't know where, where I'm putting two and two together, but you know, Bolton's comments about how it was such a massive occasion for them, maybe that was a, a played a part in that first five minutes you know, in that game, and they did, didn't settle very quickly, apart from the goal and I think that maybe you know that the atmosphere would just maybe started to get some early doors and it took them a bit of time to kind of settle down from that and get back into the game but obviously Wolves are a good team and, and, and they, they take their chances but I, I wondered after the game when I heard Bolton's comments whether there was something you know putting two and two together really yeah I think it was it was a little slips and stuff I, yeah I'm not, I'm not yeah. sure if it was too much of the even order or anything like that no you don't know um, but yeah it was it was it wasn't um, the best start, um, no. but fair play to, to Shrewsbury. You know, um, didn't take us too long to come back into the game. Um, we we not really. There wasn't really a lot of football I can remember um, between their goal and us um, having the corner. We had a couple of attacks, didn't we? Um, and then we got a corner, another corner taken by Norburn, um, swung into the box, and yeah, unbelievable Bolton super header um, and Shrewsbury Town are back in the game, back in the tie, and everyone was going absolutely mental. Yeah, I mean, after the first goal, we were already starting to think, if it gets to 3 or 4 nil here, I might, knowing how hard it is to get out of Wolverhampton, I might slip off five minutes before the end of the game. But it really was when Bolton headed it in, you were like, oh, hello, actually, yeah, there could still be a game on here. You know, you started to think, right, actually, no, they're looking like they're showing some spirit here and getting up for a cup game again, which hasn't, you know, been too difficult for us this season. And um, Peg Wolves back straight away, you'd wondered what that would do to them in terms of a big crowd and the pressure. And, you know, well well headed in, well worked goal from a corner. It, it, it seemed to be... Uh, it seemed to be a well-worked move and yeah, it was it was a good moment because when they scored, just to say in the, in the quadrant rewind, we were right next to the Wolves fans. There was only like eight, nine seats between yeah, us and the Yeah, you were too, fans. far too close. <laughs> exactly. And so when they scored, they were giving us loads. But when we scored and, and the second goal was coming to me, you know, the chance to, you know, just we were pretending like we were throwing money around and going, where's your money now? And giving them loads of grief as well. But um, yeah, that was a good moment. So just to have the, that chance when we went one and up, just to sort of give them a bit of stick back was one a fantastic all. moment. Yeah, well, yeah. So, yeah, when it went 1-1, yeah, it was a fan- fantastic moment for the fans as well. I just remember looking across to your stand and just seeing that whole bottom terrace just going completely nuts. Yeah, you'd have had a good view of the town. Yeah, it it was brilliant. Brilliant, to be fair. Good moment. Yeah. And then, yeah, then we're in in, in dreamland. Um, 
39 minutes you know town was a, it was an end an end-to-end game um, both teams kind of having chances and i think it's fair to say that the players were working their socks off um i was yep. a little bit concerned obviously not having grant and laurent normally plays a bit higher up um i think maybe his, his best position is an all-round midfielder he's a young lad but i think you know i thought he, he did really well him and norburn i thought norburn had an excellent game um mm-hmm. during throughout this match i mean really really put a good shift in um, and I thought Doherty was fantastic. I thought he kind of led the line in terms of the pressing and the hard work um, for me. I thought he was excellent. Um, did you know? Did you find it? But I, I agree with all those things you said, especially about Norburn and Doherty and and, and Laurent as well. But you know, I, did, I just kept watching it, thinking, you know, we were playing a significantly worse team on Saturday in Luton, and they didn't look like anything like the way they played against Luton no, to how it's... they played against Wolves. And it and it does make me feel a little bit like they must have been saving something for that Wolves game. Mm. And as much as players probably don't do that, there must be a little mental edge or something because the the two performances were very very disparate in terms of the way that you could compare them and yeah they're you know, clearly again, different but i don't yeah. think it's about um players trying i think it's just i think there's i think we've got ourselves in a um in a bit of a, a muddle um about our performances in the league um i don't know what it is um definitely playing against walls at the big arena um and also the threat of being thrashed i think maybe heightens the senses but there's certainly <laughs> something Possibly. fragile about this team um, yeah, definitely. And there's something definitely. differently that needs. I think we really do need a shot of confidence, and that's only going to come through winning, which is a bit of a catch twenty two. Um, but in terms of confidence, um, that opportunity came because Lauren was kind of just running forward, wasn't he, on the edge of the box? Yeah. Um, as the left hand side of the goal, as we were looking at it, and then shoots, and you didn't really think much of it. Thought it was, it was a bit of a nothing shot, and all of a sudden you saw the net bulge, and oh my god, everyone went absolutely bloody mental. Yeah. Oh, it was great. It was great. You know, it's weird. We've had a poor season, but in the cups, as much as as lamentable as we think it is for what it's done to our league form and this run of eleven games that I win, you know, let's be honest. The best moments and the best celebrations we've had this season have all come in the cup. You know, I remember you know scoring away at, away at, away at all the games that we won. Really, well, didn't win obviously Wolves, but Stoke and Salford. I really enjoyed the goals we scored there, particularly Doherty's at Salford, and obviously the winning goal and and, and even the equalising goal at Stoke, and also this goal to go ahead at Wolves. You know, those are probably three of the best moments that we've had this season. You know, because we haven't really won any other games so you know as, as lamentable as it is throughout the cup it has given us some good moments and this certainly was right up there to be honest with you to take the lead away at Wolves who were in absolutely sparkling form in the Premiership you know localish team had given us grief when they went 1-0 up and just to have that little bit of time lording it over them was, was magic and we won't get that back for a very long time and I, I kind of knew at the back of my mind it probably wouldn't last too long so yeah, it just it reveled funny, in it yeah it was funny wasn't it when the <laughs> Shooter Town fans started sang, singing Wanky Wandy Wanderers um, yes and in, exactly and very loudly as well and you could see that they were getting all little all getting flusters mm. about it yeah which I thought was absolutely hilarious because let's let's pull it we haven't really talked about this at all on the other podcast as well Wolves are spending hundreds and hundreds of thousands of pounds a week. They're being funded by a Chinese consortium and they're being bloated. The money's just flowing in and they're spending the money. You know, I think um, that midfielder, uh, Martinho, is it Martinho? Is that how you pronounce his name? Yeah, must be on nearly 100k a week. Yeah, Um, yeah. And that's our entire wage budget. You know, our our wage budget is about probably about 2.4 million pounds. Yeah. And they spend more than that on one player. Um, so oh, to put it into context, it is unbelievable. And I saw some quite pathetic Wolves fans saying that you know, oh, we, you know, they 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 were they, didn't, they had us in their pocket all the time, and they run us close. It ended five four. Yeah. Um, so you know, I'm not having any of that. And and at this point, when we were um, yeah um, two one up, it was absolutely fantastic. And like you said, Glenn, lots of highlights this season. I think being away at Wolves and winning two one was going to be a highlight for the season for a lot of fans. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, definitely. People were going absolutely nuts. I I got pushed out of the row where we were on. I was the third row, third from the end of it, and I got pushed by people who weren't even our fr- fr- who weren't even our friends. It was like eight or nine of us. But beyond them, they were pushing down to get out onto the sort of bit between the fans and give them a load of grief. And I got pushed in there, and I just I bashed into a steward and I was like I'm being pushed I'm being pushed and then I started to try and film it with my camera and I got a really good bit of camera uh, video of all the town fans going mental Mary it was fantastic and um yeah, what can you say, really? I suppose that, you know, unfortunately, that was as good as it got in the game. And, yeah. and but you're right, you're right about it. You know, in terms of that, that you know, chance to win the game. You know, we'll come to the, the equaliser. If that goal hadn't come in the first half, it could, it could have been a different. It really could have been. But you know, I will say across the game um, against Wolves, particularly into the second half, 
you know, I can understand why Wolves fans would say we always had them at, at arm's length, which is not uh, sort of random in our pocket because you did feel like if they could just put a move together or do something a little bit classy like they do on a week by week basis, they could bring break us apart. And yeah, they but did let's a not lot. remember. They did a lot. Yeah, but yeah. let's not remember that they only got, only got into a replay in extra time. No, I agree. You know, I agree. Yeah, and they, the whole game. they didn't do it enough in the first leg. They did do it more in the second leg, and they were. They missed a few chances, I think. We had a couple of chances, particularly as we go on. And, but, but I, I do teams, think that in terms... But I don't want to over-egg it. Every game there's um, chances for both teams, um, as we yeah, saw yeah. even on Saturday. Um, but yeah, it wasn't to be. And I think if we got in at half-time 2-1, I think that would have been given Wolves um, a bit of a different position. Um, going in at half-time, I think, I've kind of leave the pressure and enable them to build on the second half. And yeah, unfortunately, um, Arnold made a bit of a clangor and he tried to catch the ball when he should have punched it in a crowded area. Yes. Um, and then he was yep. headed in by Doherty um, for Wolves to go um, to make it 2 all. I can't believe he scored three against us, Ollie. You know, well, he plays right back, centre back, doesn't well, he? Well, no, it's no, like... he's a right wing back and he's not very good defensively. Yeah, yeah. So he's an attacking wing back. But yeah, it's um, it says a lot that yeah, he keeps getting in the box and, <laughs> and scoring. And I guess that kind of just shows how attacking walls were at times and how free flowing they are. But they they're quite they've got quite a unique well a system that we're kind of using at the moment. Yeah. it does work quite well and it does allow players to run forward with those three centre defenders kind of covering at the back. Mm. And there were a couple. Of, I say there were chances, but you have to give the defenders some credit, particularly Waterfall and, and Beckles. I think it was where they made some really good, like late challenges and important challenges at the right time. And they, they looked like they were beaten, or they were rocking on their heels, or they were struggling with the pace. But they just they just managed to do enough in that first half to stop Wolves scoring the other goals that might have taken them away from us. But yeah, I went, I went down to the concourse at half-time, Ollie, and there was a, a few people a bit miffed about Arnold and just said, "Why wouldn't he get rid of it?" But um, you know, he's, he's made some good saves in recent games. It's hard to be too critical at him. But yeah, it was a mistake. Um, not worse than Ruddy's though. That's for sure. Sure, and uh, just unfortunate, really, and 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 that was it, really. Half time, wasn't it? I suppose the only thing we missed in the first half, Ollie, was obviously the injury for Vince a lot. Yeah, so yeah, we just needed to go back. Actually, yeah, we were too excited there. We, yeah, Sears came on on the 38th minute for Vince a lot, who went off with a knee injury, um, which at the time was a bit concerning because obviously he was going to be um, you know potential central defender and cover for Grant, so that was a bit of a shame. But Sears came on and he started the half quite well, and it was difficult for him. But yeah, Bolton went and um, played in the back three, and Sears came in um, at right wing back, so that was nice for him to get that opportunity to play play at the Molyneux. Yeah, he got man of the match in the end by a lot of town fans. Did you see that? You know, I think yeah. he got the official man of the match. So. I'm really impressed with Sears. Every you know, you can't. I think I said this last week actually, but every time he's come on, he's not let us down, has he? And for a kid of his age playing away at Molyneux again, that's a real step forward in his progression for me. And I do want to see more of him. But I also got to give a lot of credit to Bolton. Obviously, he scored the goal in this game, and um, I thought defensively he was sound. And, and and every time he moves to centre back, you know, plays part of that centre back um, three that we've been playing, he's been really good at that as well. So I think that you know the right back position is probably getting. I don't to be think sort of wing back strong. is his is his, is his forte. Um, I agree. Is not his strength. Um, I think it's right centre, a bit like um, a Quetta um, for um, Chelsea. Um, you know, he's who's not a really attacking fullback. He no. slots in perfectly in that that right wing back. Sorry, right centre defence position. Um, yeah. I, I did. I did laugh though with Vince Lott. I thought, who would have thought that our uh, age, aged one of our aged uh, signings from January would have broken down so soon into his debut? And unlucky, it was a knee injury, so those things can happen anywhere. It wasn't like it was just his old body breaking down. But um, yeah, just just seemed to be at the time a bit of a like, oh, that's just typical Shrewsbury Town, really. Yeah, we're waiting for some of these January signings to make an impact yet. <laughs> um, so um, yeah, I think we can fly through the rest of this game because yeah, yeah. In the second half, from what that really happened. So they um, no. see. Um, yeah, um, Cavallero, I think that's how you pronounce his name, um, does waterfall for pace, he's running into the box, um, and then they skillfully does Bolton, but you can't really criticise too much, it's a Portuguese international. Um, but I will say that, um, you know, was Beckles fouled in real time? I thought it was a foul. Um, it was impossible to tweet or go on the internet at all during the game. Um, for me, I just couldn't get online. But I did no. see Lewis Cox thought it was a foul, and he was on that side, um, and he thought it was a foul. And for me, it was a bit harsh, but I don't think we can... I'm not going to spend too much time whinging about it. Um, it's, it's one of those things. And yeah, they scored and, and it made it 3-2 on the night. Yeah, Waterfall got, you know, as you say, got done for pace. He was, he was really slow off. It wasn't after it broke down on the, on the Beckles incident. It was interesting because... I, I, I think he was so off it. I think he reacted in time. He was just playing just against a Portuguese slow. international yeah, who was quite I agree. fast. Yeah, I agree. You're not going to... Many of our squad could have kept up with him, but... Um, yeah, the thing about the thing about Beckles was it was interesting. Ricketts was talking about VAR and saying, well, if it's clear and obvious, you should go back and review it in the build-up to a goal. But you know, was it was it close enough to to a goal? I think it was. It was part of that. It was part of that play for yeah, me. It did yeah. makes a mockery of VAR, and it also makes a mockery of the competition that you know the first leg didn't have VAR, but the second game did. Um, it just for me just makes a mockery of the whole kind of integrity yep. of the competition. 
Yeah, didn't didn't get used, did it in the in the second leg VAR? So we didn't we haven't had our first VAR incident yet. So we'll have to wait until that happens. But for me, time. it's definitely but, a foul, and it should have been should, yeah, should have been disallowed. Yeah, it's unfortunate, but um, they they create. I say there was they created more chances than us in the second half. They were they were on top. They were having, a, and especially after they scored that goal, Ollie, it became a little bit of a training game. At yeah, times. I thought it did. we we just were trying to break. Then every time we broke, we left ourselves a little bit exposed sometimes. And I think that the most memorable chance I can think we had in the second half was Beckles did a sort of brazy esque run forward and did a little shimmy here they and a shimmy they there. Expect him to run forward, did they? And he all of a sudden found himself in the box. And yeah, decent shot. It just was about you know about a foot wide, I suppose, and it wasn't, wasn't the worst effort ever. And uh, it would have been amazing to get three three if Beckles had scored a goal like that. And I think there was one where someone put it in the side net in from a, from an acute angle. But I don't I don't remember too many clear cut chances, and I don't remember them having. I think they had maybe one or two clear cut chances. I think Arnold made a good save at one point, which I think was 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 merited and um, comment. But other than that, yeah, the game sort of after that third goal, I thought it sort of petered out. Um, they were in control, but they didn't really tried to kill us off as much as they could have done and yeah I don't know we just didn't, didn't really have that last hurrah after Beckles had that chance did we no and I think it's um, the only really the highlight really was Wally coming on and was a bit of a threat um, yeah, that was about yeah. It, really. yeah yeah um, so, that was about it yeah I think that was about it really sad End really. of the FA Cup um, but just yeah Wolves were poor again and it was just kind of um, cement it was yeah 5-4 over the two games um, so that's you know credit for the players um, yep. in terms of top three do you want to go first Glenn? Yeah, I mean, I was talking about how, how impressed I was with Bolton, and I so I went for Bolton in this match. You know, a well taken goal, impressive performance in right wing back and, and right centre back. So I think he, he didn't let us down, and um, you know, I think he's been one of the better players across the cup run as well. So I thought it was, a, it was a fair man of the match. Really, I think it might be the first time I've given a man of the match this season. So well deserved. I went for Doherty second. I think his driving midfield was was key to getting us out and getting us clear from a lot of the pressure we have in from Wolves, and you know, he was involved in some of our good moments as well. I thought, and um, I gave it to Sears as well, just because I think you know you got to give a young lad coming on in, in that situation a lot of credit and he really does look a very neat and tidy player and the sort of lad that you know with a little bit of conditioning and a bit more football under his belt could develop into something Ryan Woods-esque I'm not you know see a little bit of that in him really so yeah I, I want to see more of him I want to see him play him yeah I wouldn't compare him to Ryan Woods in terms of a footballer because he's a central defender but yeah he has that um, uh, I mean about yeah I mean about his introduction to the team yeah. and how Woods looked natural straight away yeah. see his see his feels like that yeah to me. definitely he's common and yeah. doing really well but I think he was man of the match um, kind of performance um, but I thought he did really really well and yeah it just shows you doesn't it how much fans love and care about having one of their own Definitely. and I think that was yep. reflected in the man of the match and votes and yeah for I went, I went Doherty first I thought he did really well um, yep. and I think actually there's quite a few players I think would be really harsh not to include here so I went for Doherty Waterfall I thought Waterfall was solid and really really good mm-hmm. game fair play yep. to him and I went Sears third um, but I also thought that Lauren had a good game I thought Norburn was excellent um, to come out in midfield I thought Beckles had a really good game yeah, um, Haynes was okay. You know, he had a torrid um, um, job in terms of tracking Tiore. He was one of the fastest players in the Premier League. So, you know, I, I, that's a real hard task there. So, so yeah, you know, in terms of player performance, I think they can be quite pleased um, of how they performed. I agree. I also we mentioned Gilead. I actually was more impressed with Gilead yeah. than I have been for most games this season. He did actually offer a bit of a, a counter attacking threat and, and looked a solid enough player. I think he was involved in the build up to the to the Laurent shot anyway. And yeah, I, I didn't even think he had a particularly poor game. But yeah, I suppose the only player I mentioned there was Fair, who did get isolated a little bit to yeah. be fair. Didn't he just he? had, he had and, to and, run a lot, didn't he? Bless yeah, him. Um, it's one of those things. And they tried to kick lumps out of him as well. When that that Bennett guy was about six foot five and about five foot across. Um, started kicking him for no reason. I think Faye was just kind of laughing and like, "What are you doing? Like, why are you kicking me?" Oh uh, dear, never mind. Oh, there we go. So, did you do a three? Yeah, I did. Yeah, we had like there was eighty six comments online. Oh, so, fantastic. yeah. So basically, cut out the mistakes. Um, great team effort. Um, yeah. Um, she said yes, which I thought was a bit cringy. Some guy asking to oh, propose in yeah. a, a Molyneux with the Shrewsbury Town against Shrewsbury. They for cuts, bit, bit awful. But, I didn't see that, Ollie. I was trying Wolf's chips, which I had a coffee, uh, you know, which you, wasn't too bad. You know what? You know I like to rate the chips, Ollie. I went. I couldn't only give them a four out of four out of ten. The chips at Wolverhampton, very yellow, bit overcooked, took bloody age to get served. So four out of ten Wolves chips. There we go. Add that to the list if anyone's tracking it. <laughs> so yeah, so played twelve men, good team effort. Um, Wolves fan ref, uh, great effort, and most people were just really proud, you know, in terms of the, yes. sort of the um, perform. But then people Definitely. then also, but then were going about the league as an priority, which was something that's come over. We've seen um, the fans talk about it in the last few weeks. Uh, you know, the league definitely is a priority. So, 
before we close this game off, so what did Rickett say? He was really proud of his players, should be proud of themselves. Even in late on, we're creating chances. Can't ask more of them to that. You know, they're excellent. Their attitude was excellent and following the plane of their work rate. You know, winning goal, 100% was a foul. Not sure what angles VR were watching. Mm. Uh, and Warley said, yeah, he was. It made an impact and see us excellent. And interestingly, um, I did actually see, um, I did watch this short interview with, um, with the Wolves manager and he said the performance was not one of their best. So lots of things to look at, not one of the best games we had. So, you know, he was kind of spending, you know, they didn't perform that well either. So, and I think that was partly because we forced them to that as well. So FA yep. Cup is over. Some highlights, I think for you, Glenn, I guess, was you've been to the th- um, three big away games in terms of Salford, um, Salford, um, so if you had to choose a goal, Glenn, which moment would you go for? Would it be, um, and this is off the cuff, we haven't, we haven't planned this, so was it the, was it the I'm going to ask you three goals then, Glenn, to choose, which is your favourite. Was it the Doherty goal at Salford? Was it the Laurent goal at Stoke? Or was it the Laurent goal at, um, at Wolves was your favourite goal? Favourite? Oh, uh, favourite moment. Yeah, favourite moment has to be the winner at Stoke. Yeah. And it, you know, just it was a tap-in, basically. But that will live long with me. And it probably is in my top 10 moments and, and goals I've seen Shooftown score in my history supporting the club. The other two goals are special goals for different reasons. But that, that win at Stoke was just crazy and so unexpected and such a night that I won't let let go for a very long time. So that's definitely my favourite goal. But I have to say, of all three of those goals, I think Doherty's at Salford was the best goal. Yeah, in terms just of technically, that was, yeah. Uh, if that isn't up there for goal of the season this year, I'll be absolutely shocked. Um, because that was one of the best goals I've seen a Shoe Town play yeah. score for a long time. And you'd time. hope Technique. it's in the real as well for goals of the yeah. goals of the FA Cup this season because it Should was really be. good. Yeah, normally they put the ones that make sort of on the sort of yeah games that sort of they covered, didn't they? And it wasn't on TV, so whether it makes it or not, I don't know. But it was a cracking goal that. So yeah, that, that's it really. I thought interesting comparison now moving on to Mr. Rovers. If James Bolton was saying he thought the Wolves game um, felt like a Champions League game as they were coming out. Coming out of Bristol Rovers-ish ramshackle stadium, it must have felt like a conference game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that stadium is an absolute shambles. Um, it's not even a stadium, oh, it's just a, a mismatch of crap put together around a football pitch. Um, you were very very uncomplimentary about oh, it. It's, Saturday, it's, it's, it's an absolute travesty of a ground. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, so let's move on to the, the Bristol Rovers game. As there's a little bit of a slip there to allow Okunabiri to come forward now for Shrewsbury. Okunabiri running at the heart of the defence. He plays the ball out towards Doherty. Doherty in the Penalty error! And Doherty lashes the ball in! And League One Shrewsbury take an early lead in the second half! My, took that so well! The League One side are ahead! So, back to league action, as we said before. It was uh, a trip to Bristol Rovers. Um, meet some familiar faces uh, and uh, the scene of a, a fantastic result last season. But yeah, 9th of February, Memorial Ground. Uh, 8,322 fans in attendance and a 1-1 scoreline with Bristol Rovers goal coming through Alex Rodman and ours were scored by Sean Wally and a very interesting slash controversial red card, which we'll come to later on. But yeah, you've gone and had a look at the stats, Ollie. You've got Salop have only won once here in 19 trips to Bristol Rovers, which, as I said a minute ago, um, was the the game last season that we we both enjoyed? I remember we were both there, weren't we? Um, and then yeah, you'd also put Rovers have not won at home in 2019. And having watched that game, I can completely see why. <laughs> They're terrible. They're a terrible. They're awful. Team. Um, which kind of a kind of um, explains well explains justifies. Mm, I guess it just kind of explains why they play such um, shife style of football, and <laughs> they are desperate, a desperate, desperate team. Um, and not something I'd want my team to play like. So yeah, it's, um, it says a lot about their manager and then their team and the way they set themselves up. But mm, um, we'll come still on above to us that in the league, though, Ollie. Sorry, <laughs> they're still above for us now, in the league, though. <laughs> for now, but I'd hope that that kind of um, you know um, what do you call it? There's a term for it. Um, Shithousery football mm, uh, yeah. doesn't have a place in League One, and hopefully they'll they'll be punished for it. But um, before we get on to the football and, and the joys of that, it was. Um, Obviously, this gave um, Ricketts the first chance to kind of kind of mix the team up, um, yeah. and we saw quite a few changes. A couple of changes I didn't ex- wasn't too sure about actually, and yeah, obviously all the changes came in, and it made you wonder um, how the team was gonna was gonna line up. Um, so we had Arnold in goal as always. We had Williams come in, so that was interesting to see. Um, he played in the right centre back position. We played three at the back with Sadler and Beckles. Um, yep. which um, Rickett said that they worked on in the week because they, he planned playing that back three, so that was good. Bolton good. and Goldburn were the full-backs. Grant and Norburn in midfield. Worley and Laurent off Okunabiri up front. 
Yeah, it was a team that it was very difficult to pick, wasn't it? I mean, it was, I actually had a go at picking the team in the week, and I got fairly close to it, to be honest with you. I didn't see him playing Wally in midfield. I thought he might not have been fit enough to come back in and start, um, so I think I, I got that wrong. But um, I think I start with the with the back three, Ollie. I mean, I'm I'm now having watched that game and, and seen how they sort of dovetailed, I'd stick with that for a few games, Ollie. I wouldn't start messing around bringing Waterfall back in, even if he was rested or rotated out of the team. I've not heard what Ricketts had to say about it or whether he was just straight dropped. That that seemed to have a lot of the bases covered for me. That center, that three centre backs, Ollie. Yeah, he had a nice balance, and um, you know you got um, you got Beckles who can use his left foot, and interestingly Williams is two footed as well. He did a few passes quite naturally with his left foot, which is nice to see. Um, and yeah, the first half was really good, and I thought the team had a really nice balance to it. I mean, if we haven't got probably enough wingers um, to play. Um, like a four-three-three or a four-four-two, um, so yeah, why not play this formation? It has some balance, um, balance to it, and I like you know Laurent and um, Wally off um, um, Okunibiri was quite a dynamic um, front three, and they kind of went where they wanted and caused quite a lot of um, trouble for Rovers' defence. Yeah, Wally particularly, you know, we, we've lamented him being at the point of the diamond, but off. Off a, a, a central striker in that role, I think I'm more comfortable with him not playing. You know, yeah, normally we definitely. want him to play as a winger. But if he's not going to play as a winger, then in that position, I'd rather see him. Because he can go on the wing in this position. I mean, he yep, can take still... that right flank role, and sometimes he went onto the left flank as well, and he could move around. And yeah, that's what I was, I was yeah. quite enjoyed. I was quite happy with the, the team as we started. And I think it's worth saying that, um, yeah, in terms of like pre match, then, so I caught up with you on the terrace. You did. I'd just been to Bristol Zoo, which was lovely. <laughs> I'd uh, taken my daughter for the, to, to this game, and we stood by. We stood by you, obviously, and a friend of ours who's been on the podcast, uh, John Molyneux, Afro, as he's known, and uh, I think actually Tom Griff, who's been on the podcast as well. Um, so we stood by them. So it was a bit of a podcast reunion, really, wasn't it, Ollie? But um, yeah, we had a, had a nice little group of us down there, and surrounded by the, the chanters and the singers and the the the, the ne'er do wells, <laughs> shall we say? Um, having a, having had a nice day out and a few ales, so it was quite a good atmosphere down there on the terrace, which was which was cracking. Good chance and. Um, you couldn't really, you know, one of the things I was thinking about it with obviously this league run and how negative it's been and not win for what is now 11 games in the league, you, you could have felt like the crowd wouldn't be there, it's a long way to Bristol and they'd be expecting things, but one of the things I thought about the whole game is the crowd were with town the whole way through, you know, it was I, I, it was the, the, the least amount of negativity I've heard at a game for quite a while actually, to be honest with you. The, yeah, it's worth saying that the away fans... Um have stuck with the team. You always see yeah. a difference, don't you? We've mentioned this a few times, you see a difference between away and home fans. Um, and I think probably the away fans, you know, you just see the effort from the players they're putting in. And I didn't really see here much moaning about players or the manager at all from the terraces. No, no, it was good. It was good. So that's what I was saying. If the performance had dropped off and they'd lost, and you know, it could you know, I think Ricketts was sort of asking the fans to stick with it. That was definitely happening. And um, I don't, maybe I don't think it played a part in the fact that we we ended up getting a point out of it. But it was just it was just good to see. And it, it does feel like the away fans are still seeing, especially with Wolves as well, still seeing a little bit of effort. For yeah. me, I've got I've got a few complaints about the second half, particularly we'll come to. But uh, you know, just just it's always worth commenting on the fans, yeah. people that haven't been to away games, because obviously it's it's interesting to know yeah. how how the vibe was. Um, the vibe was drunk, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> It was a bit, a bit. We were a little bit fearful for rain, um, but everyone was yes, quite in we good were. spirits. And so I thought town started really well. Um, as we said, you know, the team was balanced, um, and we we looked good. And um, yeah, we created created a few chances early on. And yeah, I thought we started the game quite well. Bristol Rovers pitch. We were a bit worried before the game that it was going to be terrible, but um, that actually looks a lot better than last season. With you were saying before the game, weren't you, Glenn? Obviously, they had the snow on it, so the pitch wasn't actually yeah. too bad. It, it is sloped at this ramshackle ground, but um, yeah, it, it, it the pitch was all right. Yeah, it was much better than last year, to be fair, and um, you couldn't re- you complain about it. I mean, both teams, <laughs> we were the only team trying to play a bit of football, I suppose, yeah. so I'm not sure, sure, sure whether it bothers Bristol Rovers whether their pitch is a, a mud patch or not. But yeah, we did start okay, Ollie. I think that, I think that's correct, fair enough. We we created most of the chances in that first half. Obviously, the, probably the best chance of the half came to Rovers, but from a mistake, we'll come to that. But um, I liked our physicality, Ollie. That was one of the things I, I wanted to mention right at the start, and I mentioned it now. I think one of the reasons we had the best of the first half is that when you looked at the Bristol Rovers team, they're all quite short and not particularly strong and powerful players, particularly you know in their attacking positions. I suppose you could say the same thing about Faye, but our midfield adds a bit of bite to it. I thought, you know, when when they had the one guy up front for them, he tried to run at our three centre backs who were both big, strong, all three of them big strong blokes. He got absolutely no joy, and I think that Grant Norburn and and, and Laurent, when he dropped back a little bit, they provided him a really good, strong physical shield um, as well. So uh, that's one of the reasons why I think we had a good platform to build on this game was that we were just much stronger and. And seemed more um, dedicated to the task at hand, really, in that first half. 
Yeah, it's one of the things that is often a relegation team, you you know, you get bullied and stuff and that's why you lose yeah, games. But we're this not like is, we're not gonna get bullied. We're not that kind of a team. Um it's a it's an odd one, um, this this team at the moment. Um and yeah, we're not going to get messed around in, in that kind of sense. And yeah, it was clear that I thought the players came out with a, a real edge and a desire to try and win this game. And, and I think it's also part of the reason with this, with our physicality, and it was fair, I thought, in the main. I mean, we'll, we'll come to some of the challenges later on where it's maybe... But that first 10, 15-minute spell, it, was, it felt pretty fair. And it definitely rattled the Bristol Rovers players. And, and we talk about the way you, you talked about the way they play and the shit hoursery and stuff like that. I think they were, they got instantly annoyed by the fact that we were bullying them. Um, yeah. And that maybe prompted some of the incidents in the first half that we'll come to now. Yeah, definitely. Um, just before we kind of get to that kind of incidents, I think, which kind of changed the game before then, it was just, it was just a normal kind of football game a normal league one match um they played they had a throw in they crossed it in bolton kind of lost track track of the ball but so did the striker to be fair because it kind of just scooted just above the defender in the striker's head yeah um and then basically they shot at arnold um which was a a real real um scare moment and all that you know it was one of those moments you definitely got away with it but then the game turned so um they were attacking um, down there, our right side. Um, then number ten dives. He dived a lot through the game. Real pathetic kind of chance, um, chance um, which he dived at. We then attacked, and Okunabiri did go down very, very lightly, which kind of kind of sent the um, the whole of their bench into kind of disarray. <laughs> um, their manager the then time. got a, a yellow card and a talking to, um, and then Norman took a free kick. And for me, that kind of woke the Rovers fans. Um, and kind of stoked the fires um, and for me kind of changed the course of the game yeah I mean it got everybody riled up really and we'll talk it's probably worth talking about the ref at the very end just to sum up because he's going to be involved in a lot of the incidents we talk about but in reality he, he had a very big influence on the game and I don't think that anyone a lot of town fans behind us were calling him a cheat during the game and I really don't think that's true I just think he was crap for both teams um, I don't think there was any maliciousness or cheating within within him but yeah I, I say we'll cover that a little bit more as we go on but yeah it def- definitely kicked up the atmosphere and it, not just with the fans Ollie for me it then got way more tetchy between the players and, and it almost felt a little bit like to me Norburn was trying to influence himself on a game because he's had a bit of clog in the last few league, league games hasn't he he's been poor we can't pretend he hasn't and I felt like all right, I'm up against, he was up against the go-go really they, they were the two against each other and it felt like right the best thing to do here to show the Supertown fans I am committed to this cause is really you know play hard do you think hard. he was doing it because of the fans Maybe not, no. but you know he wanted to influence. Yeah, he the wanted game, to influence he? the he game, and he wanted football. to win a personal yep. battle against a go-go, didn't he? But obviously, there's that connection to a go-go for us as town fans, isn't there? So it was quite an interesting comparison, and I felt like he, he really did do that. But he possibly went a little bit too far sometimes with some of his challenges, and he was overly, overly physical and. Um, that moment seemed to be, as you say, the thing that sparked off a few tetchy moments between quite a few other players as the game was going on. And there was no love lost on that pitch between anyone. I couldn't see. It was it was definitely a powder keg kind of atmosphere. Yeah, it? it did. Um, and yeah, then yeah, um, it was. I say. And then the trouble is, I thought that the referee started calling for soft challenges. It was a kind of a, a feisty game, um, and it yeah kind of set the tone for the whole game. And I don't think the players helped the ref. And the management team, particularly the Rovers, um, you know, you need to have a, have a look at themselves. And I don't think the Rovers fans also kind of, um, you know, did them their image any good um, as we as we found out after the game. Yeah. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, so that was quite a few negatives, which we'll come on to a bit more later. But in terms of, um, you know, we did score a goal in the first half, so thirty six yeah, minutes. Um, yeah, we took a throw in. It comes into Lauren, who does a really nice flick to Warley, who fires home. And, you know, we often criticise him for shooting into players, but if it takes a deflection and goes in the back of the net, carry on, mate, <laughs> carry on. Yeah, it's, it's a high-tariff high, high tariff kind of effort, that, isn't it? But, um, yeah, I didn't see the deflection on the day. I thought he hit it clean and pure. You know, obviously, we went mad when we when we scored. It just looked like a really, really good goal, didn't it, with a little back heel that, uh, that Laurent did. But nice build-up play down the side. I think Beckles was involved in the start of it. And, again, we just, we'd just we had the ball, controlled it for a minute or two, well, maybe a minute before that. So it was a, it was a really nice yeah, goal. Yeah, we were and really felt... on top of the game at this yeah, point, really definitely. playing some nice yeah. football and, yeah, dominating the centre of the park. And, yeah, everyone was kind of getting in. We were seeing um, Williams, seeing quite short as well for his debut it's worth noting it was very notable for me that every time they played a long ball over the top that required someone to chase it down with pace Williams was on it every time you know he, he was the one they were definitely relying on for the legs and that's perfect because Sadler isn't the man for that anymore unless it's really like right in his channel um yeah I thought he looked solid and, and pretty powerful and he's definitely quick like everyone talked about he he didn't he didn't lose a foot race with anyone um you know he, he's still got a few things he's gonna have to learn he made a couple of half little mistakes I think in the second half a little bit but nothing major and I, 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 there's no reason why he shouldn't keep his place in 
unless he hasn't got the fitness to keep playing game after game. But yeah, yeah, there we go. So we won it up, and then there was another incident, wasn't there, between Agogo and Norburn, which was a, a very interesting. Yeah, there was a bit of a bit of needle between them um, as the game went on, um, and then um, Norburn was on the ground, and Agogo kicks out of Norburn. Now I don't know if Norburn did something little um, before that, but he clearly kicked him. Um, and then it all kicked off, handbags and everything else. And then the referee did the th- did something I find really, really frustrating. He gave both players a yellow card. No, for me, Norburn had done enough, not enough to warrant a yellow card. And it really annoys me that they do that because always they, I don't know why they do it. I don't know if it's to kind of make themselves feel happy or to kind of you know keep the team, you know, keep both teams kind of disciplined or what. I don't know, but it's very frustrating. There's no need. There's no need or reason for me for Norburn to get a yellow at that point. No, and yeah, again, it just ratcheted up the Rovers fans. This was coming on towards half time, then wasn't it? And um, obviously, they booed him off. And because I think Rovers fans who were who obviously were keyed up to it had suspected that we should have had Norburn sent off in the first half. And you know, looking back on it, Norburn's probably wasn't. But yeah, it's just frustrating when he does that. He, he just wasn't a good referee, um, and that was it really. But in, in terms of the, in terms of the game, Ollie, um, you know, we, we did sum up that first half. We had a lot of the ball, a lot of nice play around the edge of the box again. Um, we we obviously scored one goal, went one up. We possibly at that last. 15 minutes before half time really did feel like we should, we should kill them off because they went in on themselves for a good maybe 12 10 minutes just for half time I really felt like Bristol Rose were completely on the ropes we just couldn't find a way to get that second goal and looking back at the end of the, look at the end of the game now to me it's you know obviously letting a goal in the second half is not ideal but that was the point where the game was there to be won it was it was really really Apparently, we were the better team of the two when, when football was played, and we just we just couldn't get it over the line, could we? Again, no, we didn't really create that many chances. We had a really good no, first half, um, lots of possession, the much much the better side, far superior to Bristol Rovers. And yeah, half time came at a terrible time for us in that context. Yeah, 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 it was definitely back to um, you know good half, shit half, um, and <laughs> second half it was clear that um, Rovers were fired up, um, and yeah, yes. Town lost their way in the second half in many ways. I'm quite angry about the second half, Ollie, if I'm honest with you. Um, I, I think Bristol Rovers were incredibly, incredibly poor. And, if, you know, this team, if it's going to move away from trouble, has got to beat someone like Bristol Rovers. And they, they will come to the goal in a minute, but just everything after the goal, um, even the even the, whole, even the start of the first half, they just didn't come out. And, and Bristol Rovers just looked way more up for it. And suddenly, you could just see, as soon as they came out more fired up, we kind of went in on ourselves a little bit. And I just worry, worries worries me what those sorts of signs. I know we've come away with a point, but I, just, I wasn't impressed with the second half at all, Ollie. I think it's how do you put this? I don't think it wasn't lack of effort, was it? The players were still working. No, that's um, true. It's for me. It's it's very much in the head. Um, I'm tapping yeah. my head on a podcast. It doesn't really work. I turned around and did that to you yeah. about 25 minutes in the second half, yeah. didn't I? I was like, it's a lot up here, Ollie. Yeah. It is up there, and we we failed to apply our football. Um, you know, we are a footballing team, um, and we just couldn't we couldn't do the basics again. Um, the mm. referee. Um, ruined the football match it was it's a football game where probably the least amount of football I've ever seen it was terrible I like literally the ball was in play for you know less than half of the whole game it was in terms of you know minutes played it was terrible and there was loads of soft fouls and being blown and I definitely think the referee was being biased towards um, Bristol Rovers in the second half um, I don't think I, I don't know I, ju- I honestly just think he was shit I really do just think he was a bad referee yeah and that's why well, that's the outcome you know the outcome yeah. of being a poor ref that um, he was he was being he was being biased and yeah it was um, and it was a free kick that I didn't even think was really a free kick um, um, Goldborn gave away um, and it was down their right hand side um, they got a free kick similar to kind of a corner but inside a bit more um, yeah yeah ball came flying in I think it was Laurent lost the man but he was so far away from his marker it's not it's hard to be sure but the way Laurent reacted as well after the ball had gone in the back of the net and our man um, Wingo who's quite a tall winger as Wally commented on Rodman header back of the net one all disappointing yeah, and it comes to I mean, something you didn't agree with on the day. It's something that um, Busy was standing right in front of us. And after the goal, about a minute or so, when everyone calmed down, he was going, because right, we'd just made a substitution right there. We'd subbed off, oh, I'm trying to remember who it was now. We subbed off Norburn for Doherty. Yeah, Norburn had gone because he was a risk of yeah. being sent off. Exactly, he was really running the ropes, and I think most people want, probably were thinking he'd come off at half time. It was one of those situations, wasn't it? And you know, Busy was turning around saying, "Right substitution, wrong time." And there's there's the added old. You know what is it? Football cliche, I suppose. Never make a substitution at a set piece or a corner. And as you say, it was pretty much a corner, wasn't it? And 
you know, I've not seen the highlights back today. I've been really busy today. Ollie, and you've probably seen it back. But I read somewhere or read a few people talking about it. I think it might have been Lewis Cox to say it looked like that Rodman had been being marked from corners and set pieces by Norburn. Obviously, Norburn came off. Doherty came on and Doherty didn't track up Rodman and he got a free header and scored. So maybe there is an argument no. to say that that substitution slightly unsettled the way that we were dealing with those set pieces because um, it was un- it was unlike it was unusual for any of their players to get free headers in that second half. And and you know, it, don't know you don't agree, Ollie, but I think there's maybe some. We've given away set pieces all season, so it's been a yeah, constant true, issue. And um, for me, I watched it. I watched it a few times, and it did look like Lauren was following, and also the way he reacted. He he was down okay, on his hunches, you know. So I think that I think it's I don't agree at all. It was Doherty's man, um, and okay. and also I don't agree that that you know for me. The, the thing about um, corners and conceded and stuff uh, when you do substitutions, I think it's just a coincidence. I don't think it means anything. You know, it's about players concentrating. It's, there's lots of things that go into making a goal. I don't think. I don't think making a, a substitution there impacted us. I think it was just poor play from us. Good ball in the box from them and a good header from Rodman. Rarely happens though. You rarely see substitutions get made at corners. Yeah, you know, but to be fair, many so it's obviously an accepted. There isn't that many. Well, so. I don't know. I think it's an accepted thing that you don't generally do it. Well, we, you know, we agree not to disagree. Do it, but yeah, well, you're wrong. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, but yeah, it was. But it was an interesting comment. I thought, and um, yeah, and it was, and it was a crap goal to see, just a free header like that, and especially being Rodman, it continues this pattern of our ex-players scoring against this season, doesn't it? It's starting to get a little bit out of hand now between bloody Jacobson and oh god, there's been so many Collins last week and. Elabbed, yeah, exactly. I think someone counted. There's been seven or eight of them this season now, so it's not very, not very nice for us, is it? But one-one, um, and then from that point onwards, I thought we really didn't manage the game very well at all, and and came away from it with a point, which was, which I thought felt was quite lucky in some respects, because I don't think we imposed ourselves no, apart on the from rest that of the game. One at good all. chance that Doherty had, that was an amazing yeah. chance. He really yeah. could have done better with his ability um, there. That was frustrating, and then Rovers had an amazing chance. Um, like, yep. like the, the striker probably didn't sleep last night um, because basically he just shot straight at um, Arnold straight in the bo- in the bottom of the scored. box. Absolutely yeah. terrible finish. Um, and then Doherty got subbed off because he had the ball in his face and got an eye injury. Um, Nasty. And then it comes now to the kind of the the probably the biggest um, contentious <laughs> or debating point of the game. So I've written here: Edwards on, Edwards off. To discuss. Um, so. What? Edwards came on um, playing. Um, he came on for Lauren, was it? Um, no, he came on for he came on for Doherty. Oh, came on for Doherty, yeah, because Doherty's yeah, injury, and, yeah. yeah, and he was playing. Um, yeah, and it was a bit. of The game was very needle at this point, wasn't there? There was a lot of handbags, yes. um, and then Edwards got sent off. And yeah, every in real time, I didn't see it because I was kind of tracking where like the ball had gone and what happened on the side, so I didn't actually see it in real time. You and a few other lads thought it was a red, didn't you? Yeah, I definitely did on the day. I mean, let's take it back a little bit in the narrative of the build-up to what happened. So Edwards has been warming up in front of us for ages, wasn't it? Getting town chance, and he was smiling at us. And then he went and sat down by the bench, and he was really like, I could, you could watch him. His knees were like bounced up and down. He was really keyed up. He could desperate to go on. He was obviously trying to get Ricketts' eye all the time. And then eventually he came on, and you, every in person in that stadium, whether you're a player or a fan or the manager, must have known that this it reached the point with the referee that any kind of rough ass challenge was almost certainly going to end up with a red card. It doesn't matter whether you're already on a booking. He was right on the edge, wasn't he? Because of the way he'd been refereeing. So you'd expect our experienced players to not even have to give him the thought about having to de- deal with a challenge like that. And their and players were so, yeah. all in their face, the referee's yeah, face, exactly. constantly before this moment. It was a trap. The trap had been laid. I, I felt like there was a trap there. And it was just for our players to just not fall into that trap. Especially the man who comes from the Premiership with international experience, with his entire career behind him, of all these experienced moments. And for it to have been Edwards... And just coming on for his like second bit of his second debut, and oh, I just it just was encapsulated everything that just continually seems to go wrong with this season. It was it was almost like when when he got sent off, I turned around and to to John Afro who was, who was there with us, and I just I just laughed because I just thought this this season is just stupid, crazy again, isn't it? With, with stories occurring like that, but yeah, on the day I thought it was nailed on red card. From where we were, it looked like he had his studs up. I can obviously see on the replay he's got one of his leg, lails tra- tra- trailing behind him, but it, it looked like a horrible ta- challenge, you know, in real time at, at the day, and we were sort of facing the sort of direction as he was coming towards us into the player and and I thought yeah he's off straight away I, even even if a referee hadn't have been mental like this one was it felt like it was a challenge that would have made any referee think about sending him off so yeah watching it I didn't see it in real time so obviously I didn't know it was a red card um, watching it back I don't think it was a red card uh, it was one foot um, he didn't really even touch the player the player dived and jumped out of the yeah. way so I think yeah, it I was yeah. a combination of 
he jumped, he did lunge, but then the tackle yes. wasn't a red. So I think the lunge, the way the player reacted, and then the bloody Rovers players um, baying for blood. So those three things contributed to him being sent off. To, to me, one of the reasons why I still think that a referee could have a very good justification for saying it was a red, and probably why it won't get overturned, even if we do appeal it, is that there is a moment, maybe one second, where in the lunge, both his feet are off the floor. And, and that is a, a huge no-no, isn't it, within referees' rules of how they referee games. If you see someone lunge and both feet come off the floor, it doesn't sometimes... You know, you can be sent off for intent at the end of the day. And if the intent was there to lunge in, even if you pull out, unfortunately, it's still technically an offence to a referee. You know, and I'm sure there are Supertown fans who referee some of the league games who've been through all the, the courses for refereeing that will probably back me up on that. But I believe that's what it is. I haven't read from it today. So, uh, yeah, I agree. It doesn't look as bad on the replay. And, it, and, and I think someone said on last night, it doesn't world of favours that replay in terms of, of, of sort of trying to take away the blame from him. But still, within the context of where we were, the context of the game, the context of the referee, the type of challenge it was, the timing in the game, the fact he'd only just come on and, and, and the fact he was a big-name player, you know, all that sort of thing. It just co- combined to just be a bit of a, a bloody annoying moment, really. And um, I don't know, Wally, you've seen the replay back. Do you, you know, is there enough there for you You think that Tang can get it appealed and, and overturned? Do the FA, the FA ever overturned anything we've ever had? There's no chance no. of getting it overturned. Even, I think we've had one... that have been blatant mistakes haven't been turned over for us so um i just don't think we've got any chance the fa they don't really give a damn um no they they, they we had a, i think we had a few under hurst maybe it was in his first season when he came in or, or early on last season where we had a couple of real rough ones and i, I believe that oh, we, yeah, we did them yeah we, we had... kept getting yeah screwed over and then they overturned it admitting it was a mistake so i i take that back but it just doesn't feel like i don't know maybe i'm just feel like feel hard done by but yeah it's um, i just don't think yeah, it's gonna happen I'm... I'm trying to remember. It was a go-go at Northampton, wasn't it? Where there was a yeah, big push that big pushing North- situation. Yeah, but it wasn't yeah, overturned. That one, that wasn't. Over- no, that one wasn't. No. But earlier in the season, I think we did have yeah. one. So, but I, I don't know. I can't remember the rules have changed now. Whether if you appeal a red card, then it doesn't get overturned. You get additional yeah, you time do. for your bucket. So, is it really worth the risk? I, I can't see why we'd even bother if if Edwards is going to be out for four games instead of three. Let's not bother. Let's just get him service suspension and, and get him back as soon as possible. Because frankly, his return to the football club's been borderline disastrous. Yeah, I was let's just thinking disastrous. Has been a disaster. Come on, get a groin injury. Come on, get sent off. Um, bless him. I bet he's got yeah. it at home now. I, I bet he is. I mean, it couldn't have gone. The only the only way it could have gone worse is if he got injured and was out for the season. Injured so, and sent um, off at the same time. But yeah, and it, he must have touched the ball water like four times so far. So we're not getting our money's worth out of that deal at the moment, are we? So um, yeah, I don't know. He better be a good League Two player. So um, <laughs> go on. Yeah. So yeah, closing the game off. I thought we worked quite hard. Um, they didn't really have that many chances, did they? After that, um, the game just carried on being a bit of a an awful spectacle. Um, anyone, any neutrals doing the, the ninety two. Um, definitely didn't really get their money's worth in terms of entertainment from this one. No, and after the red card, we were horrible to watch as well, Ollie. We were horrendously time-wasting. Well, and what do you expect? And, and all these well, Rovers, exactly. I saw a couple of Rovers fans um, who justified some terrible action from them, but the fact that we were time-wasting. And like, if they were if they were drawing away from home, um, they were time-wasting. So I'm not going to not any of that. So I, I heard some Rovers fans saying the same thing on the walking out. Actually, they were like, "Well, we'd have done the same in that situation," which is true. But let's leave it there. I mean, that overall. That bloody second half was a ter- was terrible. One of the crappiest forty five minutes of football I've ever watched, and, and, and the injury time. It was just, it was crap, really. And um, yeah, and, and it's left us in a shit position still. Yeah, it doesn't. It's not. It wasn't good. And yeah, I know we started so well, and there was some positives in the first half. And yeah, again, it's just. Build on it. And for me, it's just this team is very mentally fragile. Um, we need some wins to kind of. Uh, but we're not winning because we're meant to, or we're, our confidence is so low. We need a couple of good wins, um, and you know I think there's definitely like, is this team better than the team that um, you know that Mellon had and Hurst had. I think it is. I think this team is better. Not not the team last season, the season before that when we were in a relegation fight yeah. and we survived. This team for me feels better, but there's just something. Just for me, we just need a couple of wins, and I think we'll be fine. I really do. Um, and I think we've got some good players. We just can't get that win. We just we do something. We get sent off, or we make an error, or we just can't concentrate for an entire game. Um, I don't know. Don't you think that this team, if, if we've got a couple of you know, we've got a couple of wins, would be fine? Yeah, it's a big I'll, ask to I'll, get I'll, that I'll win. Res- but do you know what I mean? It's like it's like trying to climb something really difficult. But if, when you're up, you'll be fine. It's I don't know. That's what I'm trying to explain. It's hard to, but that's the feeling I get from watching this team. I, I get the feeling that it, they are really struggling to get over the line. You're completely right with that. Are they too good to go down? No, I'm not no, saying I, they're too good believe... to go down. I don't no, no, that at all. I, I, I agree. I, I just something I've heard. I don't think they're too good. No, to there's go no down. one is too and good to go. Down. That 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 myth is just absolute bollocks. Um, you know, anyone can get relegated. 
if we were 15th in the league and we were playing with a bit more confidence, would we, would we have won on Saturday? Yeah, I, I think we probably would have done. We would have played without less pressure. We wouldn't have buckled like we did after they scored their goal. We might have just had a bit more composure and a bit more time on the ball to, to break a team down. But we're not. We're in that relegation battle. And it's all in the head now about how these players stand up to what is an incredibly difficult challenge for them to stay up. And, and there are a few players there I still think are naive or, or a bit young and have not been through this situation before that are going to have to sharpen up fast. Um, and as much as Norburn played well and, and Laurent plays well and you know Doherty plays well, this is the, probably, the, I imagine, the first time they've been in this sort of a crap situation. And they've got to adapt and they've got to understand that there's just a, a point at which we need to just get over the line. Um, and, and ability is only going to take you so far. You've got to have it in your head. Um, and we've got this mental health coach. I hope he works wonders in the next few weeks because that's what he needs to do. They've got the ability but they need to just start turning it around in their heads. Yeah, no, definitely. I agree with that. Um, so, well, where does that leave us? So, in terms of um, <laughs> in terms of what the rickets say, um, actually, let's just pull that, sorry, well, we need to edit this. So, just, to, well, we've talked quite a lot about Brett Ruster Rovers. Um, I don't think there's anything else to say about them. Um, I think let's leave it there. Yeah. Top three. I thought a go-go, I thought a go-go was effective, I have to say. Mm. I, I, you know, considering they were He's all pretty bang what? average. Just running around, didn't do any good passes. Just running around and, and doing, doing his job. That's about it, really. And, you know, if he plays as well as he played for us, he'd be decent for them in the running. But I don't, you know, he wasn't embarrassing. He wasn't misplacing passes. He wasn't no. completely out of the game. He, at least he stuck in it. But a lot of their players just completely drifted out of the game. He didn't, to be fair. But then he was playing against us. Maybe he was extra motivated. But I didn't think he was terrible. I thought Robman was bang average, even though he scored. So, interesting. Yeah, no, it was, well, you're talking about a player's performance. It was a dire game of football. I don't think anyone yep. really yep. kind of excelled. No. Um, so I my top three, I went for Arnold, Wally and Norburn. Um, and yours is slightly different. Last man, just just different. Yeah, rather than Norburn, I've gone for Williams because it was his debut, young lad. I just thought he um, imposed himself pretty well on the game and, and is one to look forward to. I say, normally, we haven't mentioned Wally for, for weeks, have we? Because obviously he's, not, he's been in and out of the team. But yeah, he was, he was good. And, um, you know, give us that dynamism that we needed. And Arnold, again, he's picked up so many Man of the Match awards from us in the last few weeks because he's been saving them even when we were getting pumped. And I suppose the one good thing to say about it is, we only let one goal in this week. So that is a significant yeah. increase on the last four or five games. So there's a big positive. Yeah, no, definitely the last game we were talking about. I'm losing to Luton and Bradford where we shipped loads. So yeah, that is a positive. And also the, the team will have some time now to prepare for the Burton game. Um, but what did Ricketts say? Mix of emotions. First half, you know, it was really good. Second half, felt like we're taking the world on. Um, I can understand why he's saying that, you know, disappointed with the opposition. And then he delayed there. And I think he really thought about saying something about um, Rovers' <laughs> management team, but he didn't. Um, yeah, Rodman header, um, you know, it's, you know, you've got to stick with your man. You got can't get swayed by the, the crowd. Um, we said red, never a red. He said, how does a go go not sent off? He then talked about when their number 22 should have been got on a second yellow. I can't quite remember that, if I'm honest. Yeah, normally. Yeah. Um, he said, sent off because of the player pressure. And then talking about Williams, said great attitude, left United because he wants to play. He's a kid and we need to need to help him. And then he said, then then they were talking about like squad um, strength. And he said, we've got some very good players on the bench, which we have. Um, so we've got we've got definitely got a squad now at least. Um, mm. And you know you can't, you know the 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 manager can't criticize the club or the structure for getting these players he wanted. He's got all the players he wants now, and we've got a lot of players. So. You know, fingers crossed we can turn this around because I really don't want to be going down to League Two. No, no, I mean, Campbell didn't even get on, you know. The, yeah, the big and I think there's a little criticism, actually. There's a bit of criticism for Ricketts on the terraces and um, yes, on, online for that. But for me, we needed a target man. We weren't being able to keep the ball up front. So I think bringing Holloway on was actually a right choice at that point. <laughs> It was the right choice in terms of what tactic we've got. But I'm just so unconvinced. And Holloway he did very little when he came on, but then no, no one, one did, did really. No. And I, I can't be too critical of him. But um, maybe there's an argument to say that if we were knocking balls long in one just sailed over the top, Campbell with a bit of pace might have been a better option. But it's it's picking hairs, really, I suppose, at the end of the day. I'm not, not going to go mad on that one. Um, so there we go, really. That, that was it. And and it's left us... I think we went up one place in the league, but it's obviously still in the relegation zone. Yeah. There was a few teams won around us. but um, in the league... Um, it's very contested. So you've got Walsall on in 17th place with 35 points. Rochdale, 18th, 34 points. Then Bristol Rovers with 33 points. Then Oxford with 33 points. Gillingham with 33 points. Shrewsbury and Bradford um, with 32. And then Wimbledon way off with 23. So, you know, if you went, you know, the safer argument say you 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 you, have, you you played two games, no one else did. You got to 38 points. You got to 15th in the league. So, you know, it is. The, the teams that are in this fight, um, and there's quite a few of us in this relegation battle. 
you know, some of us, some of us are going to pull out, um, and some of them will pull out quite quickly. Plymouth are starting to egg their way out. Accrington have been pulled into it, um, but yeah, you know, we just need to get this win, and yeah, we're praying for it now because <laughs> Ricketts has played a lot of league games now, only got the one win, and the pressure is building. Oh, I, I, I'm happy to say that Ricketts is is form that our team has had under Ricketts in the league. You know, 12 games now without a win is is disastrous, frankly. And I did, and I you know did a did a usual thing of looking at manager starts because it was his tenth game after the the game at Luton, so he'd had ten ten games in in charge, and um, you know. <laughs> He has got the equal worst record as a football manager at this football club for a start to his managerial career, which gives you some context about how bad his start has been. And that's even worse than Askey was when everyone was going mental about how bad his start was and not winning in 11. So it is mind-boggling that we've backed up Askey by that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny, isn't it? It's, it shows you the power um, and how important it is in your communication with the fans. Because yeah. while cause Ricketts comes with the results and the performances, I think, are better under under Ricketts. I think the performances are better than what we're seeing under, under Askey. It's very you know, hard to tell. Fleetwood, you know, let's compare two away games. Fleetwood away in terms of how we melted in that game versus, you know, you wouldn't say that we weren't organised and we weren't structured and the players weren't trying on um, on Saturday. No, but remember how shit we were at Bradford? That was embarrassing. You know, even though we obviously got Faye to thank for three goals, we could easily have lost that 6-0. So, you know, performances True, are, no, are not that comment. much better. So, I, I, can't, I can't split Askey and But and, Sorry, and, and, go back to Ricketts. my point. I didn't finish. It's my own fault. I'm not on off on a tangent. Um, the, you know, it's important. It shows the importance of your communication to the fans, your interviews, yes. your pre-match, no, the messages you share. That shows how important. And Ricketts is getting a lot more kind of... Um, Kind of, I guess, say support because he comes across as a, you know, an articulate, intelligent, you know, guy. Um, now the results on the pitch and stuff are not happening yet, but yeah, it's an interesting thought. It was just an interesting point. No, it's completely fair, and I think that that'll only last so long as well. Oh, yeah, unfortunately, definitely. if we if we lost the next two, he'd be in serious trouble. But then he's also going to have that extra protective shield. That really, there's no fan or manager, or, or sorry, or or person who works at Shrewsbury Football Club that wants to sack two managers in a season. Nor can we really afford it, probably. So. He's, de- he's he's basically going to be damned if he does and damned if he doesn't. Uh, but you know, I, I, if we lost the next two in a row, there's no way that he won't be under significant pressure from our fans. And as much as they stuck with him on Saturday, and it was good to see, they can only last so long when you're not winning and league our games. Next and three just fixtures are pretty tough. Are massive. They're not yeah, easy massive. either. I, I think it's worth leaving it yeah. there anyway. It's worth having a chat about it because it's sort of a, a holding pattern, really weak, I suppose, in terms of the pride of Wolves and, and getting a point away from home isn't the worst when you look at it. But um, it's a holding pattern week, really, for me. And, and we'll move on to setup news and the predictions. Manuel, Doherty gets it now, sees the gap, goes for it, ambitious run, wonderful hit, 2-0, what a goal, what an FA Cup moment for Greg Doherty. So, bit of silent news, so um, yeah, so Vince a lot, um, we were concerned, you know, he had a knee injury and that could be, that can be serious, serious, but he's having an operation back in six weeks, which... It was a bit of an odd one for me as a fan. I've never heard of people having a knee operation being back in six weeks. So be interesting to see. How, Optimistic. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how that goes. Well, they wouldn't have said it, I don't think, unless they thought it was going to happen. But yeah, it'd be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, Doherty went off um, over his eye. We had blood in his eye, which is a bit weird, strange um, injury. Um, and then there was um, then Sam Rickett said there was objects phone um, at the vehicle by the Bristol Rovers fans, which you know we can't. I'm not going to say all Bristol Rovers fans are scumbags, but they clearly have quite a, um, a horrible element of fans. Who does that? It's just just odd. I, I find that odd anyway because I, surely this happened during the game after Doherty was being yeah. taken off. Or was it after the game? No, I think it was during the game he got taken. So. What Bristol Rovers fans were throwing things at a van when there was a game going on? It seems a bit weird. weird. Do you know the whole thing is just ridiculous. But then, you know, sure, it wasn't just some local youth. But football fans don't do themselves any favors, do they? Those two Southampton fans that are doing aeroplane. God, yeah, they need to be banned. They need to be publicly shamed. Um, absolute morons. Uh, Terrible. But we have our own morons. There was a guy standing next to me. He, I don't know where he was from or what he was so doing, but he wanted to say the C word every three seconds. Yeah, uh, my daughter was having to have her ears covered yeah, a lot of the game, unfortunately. Which is a bit odd. Um, the guy seemed to think it was really clever. He was saying, I don't know. Anyway, um, so a bit <laughs> odd. Um, and then, yeah, so in terms of two players arrested, weren't they? Haynes had an ankle injury uh, and had to be given a rest. Um, and Waterfall was rested too as well. He's resting, yeah. was he? Okay. So that was where, and obviously that means that you know, thinking <laughs> about the next game, Burton home, um, yeah, there's going to be. Did you put rested in an exclamation? No, you know, I think he was marks. rested. Rested, he, he definitely was rested. <laughs> he's played a lot of games, and 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 
We didn't miss him. I, I should just say this, you know, let's look, talk about the defensive performance. I don't really think we missed Walker. No, no, and the defence played really well. There was a nice balance yeah. to him and Sadda was, you know, Sadda was back to his best in terms of organising and he was, you know, he yes. was talking a lot and he was organising well. He was talking to Williams all the time. I thought it was quite nice that the way that, you know, Grant came over and was giving words of encouragement to Williams when he won his yeah, battles. Yeah, it was good. Um, so that was good. Yeah. Um, it's just so, so many good things about this team, but we just can't do it. It's, it's it's like it's so frustrating. It's such a weird quandary. It's you know if we were absolutely terrible every single week, you know we would say that, but we're not. There's that hope there, isn't there? I think it's, it's the hope that kills us this season. I don't know. I think we're pretty terrible sometimes, and and uh, you know it, it, we're gonna have to go around the hours again because we just talked about this a minute ago, and it, it's probably worth waiting for a more definitive yeah. result next week, maybe to make a better judgment on it because that'll be exactly. a better judgment call. But I, I do think we're pretty poor, Ollie. So there we go. Anyway, but in terms of predictions, not poor was me last week. I went for a one-one draw, Ollie, which was bang on. So another three points in the bank for me. Um, and I, got, uh, I went yeah, for two a... all, so I get a point. But I think I thought there'd be a few more goals. And which there nearly was. Um, <laughs> and yeah, yeah, true enough. Actually, looking ahead, um, so there's three big games. We've got, we've got um, Burn at home, uh, and then we've got Peterborough away, and then we've got Doncaster um, at, mm. at home on the 26th of Feb, and then we've got um, Wimbledon at home. So we've got yep. three home games out of the next four, um, playing teams that you know in the kind of Peterborough just outside the playoffs, Burn and mid table. Um, and Doncaster are going well, um, and then obviously um, Wimbledon at the bottom. If we lose to Wimbledon, God, my God, the place might, you know, something serious might happen. Um, I think we fans don't. might, yeah, have, <laughs> I think fans would leave very early if we're losing to those lot. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a big, a big month. I think the rest of February is going to be quite key now. Yeah, I mean Saturday. I also, I also, I actually think Saturday against Burton's must win just because of the nature of the next two games after it about how much more difficult they'll be. Um, Burton didn't look that good when we played them at their place earlier in the season. I don't know what they've done across January in terms of restrengthening, but you know we've we've not won for all these games now. We've got to get a win under our belt. So to me, we've got to beat Burton, and if it doesn't happen, we are we're in serious trouble anyway. But we're going to really be absolutely we need we need something it needs a bit of an injection of confidence. Yeah, it, uh, it needs something to hang your hat on. That's not a bloody cup and game. Not, you know what I mean? not great. It's okay, so they beat Wimbledon two 0 but they drew with Oxford, and we, we've seen how terrible Oxford are. And they drew one yeah. over Bradford, and Bradford are not great. So um, and then they lost like obviously ten nil <laughs> and ten and one nil to Man City. So yeah, it's mm. been a bit of a funny season. I think they've been distracted a little bit by the cup, but yeah, it's a it's a. I'm not sure if it's a must-win yet, but I understand what you mean in terms of the confidence um, and the looking at the fixture list. It's a really, really important game to win, and three points would be um, would be huge. I'm fairly confident in saying there's zero chance of us going to Peterborough and winning with our away form. So, Peterborough you know, are not doing we that well. Um, they're they're no, struggling, but we're not doing that well. Because of their so. expectations and the, their budget, and obviously they sacked their manager. So. Yeah, yeah. It's um... so anyway. Burton, I, I think it's a must-win game. I think we we will get over the line, and it could start that. I feel like this. I'm going to be positive and say this is the start of the recovery, and I'm going to go for us to sneak a one-nil win. Yeah, I think we're going to win as well. Um, I was thinking one-nil as well in terms of in terms of sneaking, but yeah, I'm going to have to do something to try and catch you up. I'm going to go for for two-one yeah. to Shrewsbury Town. Okay, fingers crossed that happens. Um, this run can't go on forever, Ollie. That's what I keep telling myself. I know. Yeah. That's we haven't had the bad run, and when we get a win, that'll be the end of that bad run, and we'll kick on. But just can't go on for too much longer. No, it's painful. Um, it is painful at the moment. Mm. Okay, there we go. Anyway, thank you for listening, everyone. We will we will catch you next week. Hopefully, trying to just have the one game to cover, so we'll get a guest on, and uh, yeah, should should be something to look forward to. Yep. Cheers for listening, guys. Oh,